Welcome to another episode of the Christian Coach Podcast. We're so excited. Listener, you're taking time to be with us. Uh, we remind you our mission is to serve coaches through conversation so they can lead like Jesus. Really excited to introduce our guest today. He is the head men's basketball coach up at Cedarville University. So Coach Patrick S. Estep, it's great to have you. I knew I was going to blow it, Coach. Off air, how do I pronounce it? But You're coach, not the first one. I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you having me on, Jim. Man, we're excited for you taking time to join us. So I, I know school's getting back in session, so we really appreciate your time. And those that listen to the show, Coach, we start off with our power question. So mm-hmm. I'd like to ask you, Coach, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Uh, that's, that's a loaded question, uh, for sure. So that, that's a good one to kick it off with. Um, I think often uh, there's, there's a lot of facets to that. And I was fortunate to work under, um, a guy named Ray Slagle was my boss for eight years, who was tremendous, uh, kind of modeling that for me. Um, but you know, I, I think sometimes, we can approach that question as, oh, we pray before practice or, you know, we, we, we do some outreach stuff, you know, and all those things are important. But I, I feel like for us, it is very important for us to take the biblical principles that we learn and we, and we try to apply to our lives and use the game of basketball when the stakes are relatively low to build those into 18 to 22 year olds lives. So you know, for us, you know, from and for me in particular, I think being a Christian coach is taking things like, like Christ has called us to be selfless, um, to have unity. Um, at, you see, you hear the word unity all the time in the New Testament um, for believers. That's a mark. That's how you know who believers are. Um, you know, selflessness should be at the forefront. I, I think the one thing we lack sometimes is the ability to say, no, we're toughness should be a part of a Christian program, like, because you're free to compete, you know, your identity is not in what you're doing. So you have a lot of freedom when you're out there to play really hard Yeah, because it's not, it does, it's not who you are and, you know, it's something you do. And, and I think the other thing we talk a lot about in our program and freshmen don't get it. Um, typically even kids from strong Christian homes and, good church backgrounds is just this game is an act of worship. It's not just outreach. It's not just go share the gospel or it's pieces of it. Um, but it is, it is an act of worship and that's why practice matters. That's why your skill workouts matter. That's why weight room matters. That's why everything matters. So, you know, we approach it that way. We want to take gifts God's given us and give them back to him and make the most of them. And that's worship. And, you know, to me, those aspects are, front and center for our program, the things that we want them to be about. That right there, coach, is a power answer, my friend. I <laughs> gave the power question, but I think I've asked that question numerous times, and I know I have, and that's one of the first times I've actually heard an act of worship. You practice, your weights, your session. So, man, I commend you and compliment you on instilling that in your players, and I love how you said, you know, we use the game. It's our platform, right? Yeah. It's the platform to ultimately share those lessons, like you said, about being selfless, unity, uh, toughness. That was awesome. Do this, coach. Educate our listeners. Um, you know, we have a lot of coaches at the right, 
you know, lower NAIA level, D2 level, some Division One high school coaches, but a little bit about uh, Cedarville, the location, maybe the school, uh, a little bit about your program, what level uh, you're at. And so just educate us a little bit. Yeah. Cedarville University, it's in uh, southwest Ohio. We're about a half hour from Dayton. Um, we're, we used to be an NAI school when I started here. Um, we were in AI Division Two back when they had two divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, really good program. I was under a great boss back then. Um, now we're NCAA Division Two. Um, we've been that since 2012-13 season. It was our first full year. Um, yeah, and we're we're a Christian college. Um, we're actually one of the bigger Christian colleges in the country, and uh, we have great leadership. Our president, our athletic director, our administration has been tremendous, and our, our university is growing quite a bit. We're over 5,000 students now. Uh, we have over 4,000 on campus. We have tons of majors, um, engineer. We have a bunch of engineering degrees. We have, I think, five engineering degrees now. We have a business program with multiple avenues you can go into nursing, pharmacy, PA program, all that stuff. So really high academic Christian college, um, conservative, you know, we're, we're about the Bible and um, being our truth. So every kid doesn't matter whether you're an engineering, mechanical engineering major, pharmacy major, or Bible minor or a Bible major, you all get a Bible minor. Yeah. Um, That's an aspect of Cedarville. We have chapel five days a week at 10 AM for 50 minutes um it's another aspect so it's a great great place um it is a hidden gem in the cornfields of southwest ohio we we uh, probably about turn this town into five times its size once august hits and the kids come back so (laughs) uh, but it's a good location we're we're about 45 minutes from the edge of columbus and cincinnati so we can get to a lot of spots so Awesome. I want you to know, uh, being in Christian education uh, for 25 years as a high school coach, always had a ton of respect for Cedarville, um, had some, you know, alumni teach PE as we connected, you know, this summer yeah. in Atlanta, yeah. talked about a couple girls that taught PE and coach for us. So anytime that I heard the word Cedarville, Cedarville basketball, it was just high on the list. So compliment to you, your staff, the administration up there and what you guys are doing in Ohio. And I got to ask coach, um, I'm from Pittsburgh and I tell people, you know, it's All a right. good place to be from. So I'm black <laughs> and gold. So you're close to, you know, Cincinnati. Do you root for the Bengals there? I'm a Steeler fan, buddy. Steeler fan, that's right. Yes, All right, nice. I knew I liked you, man. Yeah, I knew my uh, my dad didn't really care a whole lot about this. He was kind of a Browns guy, if anything. But they were gotcha. so bad, it didn't matter. And at, when when I was growing up in the '90s, '80s, and '90s, and my mom's family is from Connellsville, right outside of okay. Diehard Steeler fan. Gotcha. Awesome. So yeah. That's I I'm excited about their season coming up. We'll get through yeah. this preseason and excited about watching that black and gold. We'll oh, talk yeah. basketball here in a little bit, coach, but um, let's rewind back to maybe um, a young Patrick, eight, nine years old, man. Where'd you grow up? What was it like? Siblings, mom and dad, uh, take us back to your childhood a little bit. Yeah, I had a great childhood, great parents. Um, I'm from South East Ohio. So if you hear a Southern accent, that's why it's right on the Ohio River um, down near Kentucky and um, a little town called South Webster. Uh, It's a great place. Um, I grew up there from, I I think when I was four, we moved there from where uh, Lancaster, Ohio. Um, We moved down there to where my dad was from. 
Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a great little town, great school system. Uh, it's one of those places where it's just a special place to grow up. Two great parents, Dale and Barb, they, um, raised me in a Christian home. You know, I had the privilege of hearing about Christ my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they both were believers. My grandparents were. Um, so that that was really um, a privilege to grow up there. And I have a brother, Kyle. He's my younger brother. I'm the oldest of three. Um, he is a pastor in South Carolina right now. And then uh, my sister, Jessica, lives in uh, near Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, Virginia. So Sounds like a great heritage, you know, family life. I can relate yeah. to some of the things you're saying growing up in that Western Pennsylvania and close yeah. to the Ohio River and just... Uh, I'm sure some great memories when you think about that. Uh, share a little bit about your faith then and when it became uh, personal for you. Yeah, yeah we um, we were we we were going to a Methodist church when I was growing up until about eighth grade. But I think it was my seventh grade year. We went to Asbury. It was kind of cool to see the Asbury revival yeah. kind of happening this year because when I was 13, we went to Asbury College to Ichthus. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but it was like, I, I call the best thing I know to call it is Christian Woodstock. Like it was, <laughs> you're in a Good field analogy. of 30,000 people and it, it's like all these Christian groups are coming in singing, there's that people is. speaking. And that's on the, in that field, um, the last night there's where I give my heart to Christ and mm-hmm. decide I need to make this personal. Um, we changed churches when I was in junior high, just more kids at the church that uh, mm-hmm. we ended up going to. Um, but you know, I, I was, I think you go, you go through high school struggles, trying to figure out who you are and what does it mean to be a believer in high school and how's that going to define your decisions and all that. And there's ups and downs to life that in the moment feel monstrous and big. And, but looking back, it's just a journey that you're on, you know, and that's been mine. Um, so I would say 13 is when I gave my heart to Christ. I think when I came to Cedarville is when it really got solidified that this is something that yeah. I want to drive my life. Um, I went to Kentucky for a year first and got involved with Campus Crusade, loved it. I had some really good Christian friends down there, really enjoyed it, but I wanted to play basketball and be at a Christian college. And I had an opportunity to walk on here um, out of high school, decided I would be done with basketball and that um, long story short, the old coach at the time, Don Callen, um, ran into my dad, starts talking to him and asking him about me and how things are going. And, and my dad was like, yeah, he's really missing basketball. And Don was like, well, tell him to come to Cedarville. So I ended up transferring and playing JV here for a couple of years. And, um, but yeah, my time here was really transforming. Um, I, I had really godly friends, uh, both of whom are pastors, um, and my two of my roommates, actually all three of my roommates, my senior year were pastors. Oh, wow. Um, so those guys really had an impact on me. Um, and one of my best friends, my college roommate for two of those years is a pastor in Columbus. So. Okay. And what a journey just hearing that, you know, going back there and now, you know, probably looking back in the rear view mirror and seeing how God just directed every oh. step to get you to where you are now. And it's got to be so cool, coach. I mean, I, I'd probably pinch myself every morning. You're coaching at the university that you attended, like as an yeah. alumnus, that, that's special, man. That doesn't happen a lot. What comes to your mind when you, you think about that? Is this almost like your dream job? Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways it is. It's, um, it, it's a great place to work. A lot of great people, um, you know, there's challenges with every job, but it is a really good spot. Um, 
I love the mission and and that's a fun, it's, it's challenging sometimes to, to you know, I think to win mm-hmm. um, people think it is, but, but at the same time, like we've been pretty fortunate uh, the last few years to at least be competitive and um, but yeah, it is great. I, a guy told me one time, because if you hear my whole story, you're just like, this analogy is perfect. You're like a turtle on a fence post. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's me. You, you have no idea how you got there. <laughs> there's so many avenues in my life where that's been the case. Yeah. And, and you do know, you know, God yeah. opened doors and did things for you that you can't do for yourself. And that's been the story of my life. So again, we're with uh, Coach Pat. Estep, he's with the Cedarville University men's basketball program. They are a Division II school. Uh, thank you, Coach, for being with us, part of the Christian Coach podcast. Uh, I'm one of the co-hosts, uh, Jim Good, serving with Nations of Coaches. And as I hear, Coach, you know, um, just the idea of now being a head men's basketball coach, if I'm not mistaken, you started off, I think, coaching eighth grade and yeah. JV. So as much as you like, tell us you know, that journey and, and uh, how that developed. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, there's a long story to it. I'll <laughs> go to, but um, when I decided to get into coach, get to th- when I decided that coaching was something I really wanted to do, Don Callen, again, was someone who, who or God used to get me in that field. Um, and he didn't even really know me, you know, it was just a God thing that for him to use him. But I go into teaching and I want to coach and my I played two years here at JV, just kind of walk on. We practice against varsity and stuff. But um, and in my senior year, I was able to coach the eighth grade team at Cedarville High School, which is crazy is where my three kids all go to school right oh, now. Wow. So, yeah, but I coached that eighth grade team and it was 1997. Um and it was a great experience for me. You know, I'm, I'm 21 years old and yeah. I'm trying to run my own program, come up with practice and figure out what the head coach of the high school team wants to do so I can try to get these kids ready for him yeah. next year. And we had a really good group. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was challenging. There's, you know, 13 year old boys are nuts and uh, 14 year old <laughs> yeah. boys are crazy. And so, um, I was probably crazier than them sometimes and that's what made it work, but it, yeah, it was a great experience. And then, uh, coach JV a couple of years at a high school and all of a sudden God opened the door for me to come here and it was strictly God, you know, race Lego. I mentioned twice. I worked for him for eight years. I was coaching JV in my hometown living. My grandparents had just passed away back to back years and my wife and I bought their house so I'm living in my hometown, in my grandparents' house, coaching at my high school. Wow. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that's my lot in life. Yeah, I'm going to be the head coach here someday, and I'll live here for the rest of my life, just like my dad and my grandpa yeah. did. Um, and we're on, I'm on the phone, and I had called Ray about a couple players from that area, met him. He calls, he asked Coach Callen again, um, another guy that just his his. He has woven so much into my coaching career. It's it's unbelievable. And and I didn't really know him until I got here. So yeah. um, but anyway, call, he, he's asking around about me and gives me a call one night and was like, hey, how would you like to be the first full time assistant in Cedarville's history? And I and my answer was like, oh, man, I mean, in my heart, that was a dream job. Right. But my wife was an only child, single mom. Um it was going to be tough for her to leave home. It's tough for me to leave home. Yeah. 
So I told him, I said, I said, man, I really appreciate it, but we're, we're pretty comfortable here. We just, and what he should have said is, Hey, all right, man. Great to meet you. We'll stay in touch about <laughs> players. I'll talk to you later. That's what I would say to a guy that told me that right now, probably. Right. But he didn't. He said, well, have you ever thought that God doesn't really care if you're comfortable? Wow. And, and I was like, I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, we'll pray about it. And yep. um, my wife immediately was like, we're moving. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and long story short, we did. And yeah, now I'm the head coach here and been here 24 years, starting wow. here 24. So that I love hearing that. It seems like a pretty defining moment in your life and how he used even, you know, that, that phrase. And what I'm learning is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. So when yeah. you said that, now I'm laughing inside and, and more joyous heart. You said 1997, when you started eighth grade, that we're probably the same exact age coach. That's my first job. I'm 21 years old. I'm coaching sixth grade basketball. And I'm <laughs> like, what is going on? And I'm loving life. And like you said, I'm just relating to all that. <clears throat> but let's do this because now we've been in the profession now for, you know, 25 years. What do you tell that 21 year old coach that's starting? Uh, what advice do you give him? Um, maybe things that you learned and look back and and either blew or or did well, but that young coach that's starting off his career and maybe he's the new eighth grade coach, maybe he's the new GA, the new ops guy. What advice? Yeah, you yeah it's it is funny how the longer you do this, obviously it's not. I mean, it's just life. You, I've been doing it long enough that I do. A lot of our players are getting into coaching. We've had guys be volunteer coaches at a school in the high school and we've had guys be G and we had a guy just was a GA at Baylor and now he's an assistant of Furman and wow um so I I think the biggest thing I can talk to them for days about all the things I've done wrong you yeah. know I think that's that's pretty common so you know I I tell them the biggest thing is the thing that I thought I did a good job of is I, I wanted, I was hungry. So I'm a bit of a basketball junkie. My dad and I would talk hoops, but I was a coach. So we would talk basketball in high school, junior high, after games, we're talking X's and O's like I, that just always intrigued me. The, the scheme and the concepts. Um, but I think guys got to find their way to, they got to see the game they got to find a way to see the game the way that fits their eye and coach it the way that fits their eye, the way yeah. they see it. That's probably better. You want to coach it the way you see it. Mm. There's a lot of different ways to win. Yeah. There's not a lot of different ways for me to win. And I think that's important for guys to, you know, as they develop their philosophy, what do you, how do you like to play? Mm. And then go learn. I would just take off. When I was an assistant, I got, I had the privilege of, a lot of older coaches being very generous with their time with me yeah. um, and just say, yeah, come up. You know, I went to Cincinnati and I'm talking to Dan Peters and watching practice with coach Huggins and them, or I'm, a, I'm at Ohio state. And a lot of the guys you meet that are the Dobos are now the head coaches somewhere. Right. You know, it's coach Holman and I were both assistants in NAIs. He's a Taylor. I'm here. I've known him for 24 years. Like, and now he's the head coach at Ohio state. So I, go up there and I watch, you know, I tell guys that all the time, go watch as much as you can live and yeah. go to clinics. But at some level clinics, you're only going to get so much. I was like, go watch practice, go sit down with coaches. Anybody will talk to you. Be hung, be a hungry learner. 
Um, and, and then you start to zero in on what your philosophy is and then you can kind of zero in on programs, mm -hmm. you know, and for me, that was like, all right, what's it going to take for Cedarville to be successful with how we have to recruit? Yeah. Well, if we can look like Belmont, maybe Butler and horizon league, like those kind of teams, like that's, that's who we are. Yeah. So I start. I got to know coach bird. You get to know people at these spots and you just start picking their brain every chance you get. I was never afraid People think I'm an I'm not a networker. I love to talk basketball and I'll talk to anybody if I'm sitting by them at an AAU tournament. So right. that's what I do. And right. and uh, you know, so you start to find programs that kind of fit your eye and you start to figure out what makes them successful. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've tried to do a lot of in my career. That's so good advice. I love how you said be hungry because that that just goes into you you need to be learning. And I remember a yeah. coach telling me, you know, when you're through learning, you're through. So yeah. you got to be learning every day because if you're not growing, you're dying. And and I like how you said the idea just uh, almost be you, you know, yeah. I think that's where I probably in my younger days, I was trying to be you know, I played for my dad, so I'm trying to be my dad. And then I tried to be my college coach. And then I tried to be my mentor. And it took me about 15 years to figure out I can pick different pieces of what I like, but I need to be me. Yeah. And I think coaches that are listening, if you're that young coach, find what works for you. And coach gave us great advice, you know, be hungry, be a learner, but then uh, figure out what works for you and study that. So I love that. As you now have developed your philosophy, coach, tell us culture is kind of this hot topic button, you know, and, you know, it's slogans, it's, uh, you know, what we do, but if you can kind of summarize, you know, the culture of Cedarville basketball, what are you, what is the culture of your program and what do you try to emphasize? Well, I, I do, it goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning with your first question. You know, I want, I want at the end of the day, our guys, I want the game of basketball to take lessons that they are going to need that are biblical lessons, biblical concepts that they're going to need later in their life. And I want them to learn those things on a stage where the cost and the payment for screwing up or whatever is relatively low. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a win or a loss at the end of the day, who cares? Right. Yeah. Right. But when you get done and you're married and you got a job, then if you're not selfless, if you're not, if you cannot um, persevere, that's another big one for us. And I think in a culture that doesn't persevere very well, um, that's a, if you can persevere and you're selfless, you're going to stand out. You know, if you, if you can create unity around you and people like to be around you, you can create a common goal for people like you're going to stand out because that's not common right now. So, you know, and you're also, people aren't going to pay for it. You know, right now I'm, you know, at the end of the day, it's the head coach that pays if you don't show up. Right. It's, yeah. you know, it's, but someday it's going to be your wife or your kids or your boss. And it's like, so then it really matters. So for us, culture is that like, yeah. can we take, can we take those concepts, unity, toughness, selflessness, and perseverance? And can we take all those things and build them into our guys every day we're getting together. Yeah. Um, and it's, they're hard lessons. You know, th these guys, I love our team right now. I think our locker room is as good as it's ever been. Um, and we have guys that really embrace a lot of those things. Um, and their parents have been tremendous, mm -hmm. but that's not the norm. You know, yeah. a lot of, a lot of parents fix all the problems for the yeah. kids. So when you get them, they're not tough. They have no idea how to persevere through adversity. 
Um, and life's been all about them. So unity and being selfless like that, that's not really. So there's, there's, you have to kind of break those, those habits or those things those kids are used to. Mm. So, you know, I think our culture, I'm hoping that those things are evident. I hope they're evident when you hang out with our guys and you're in our locker room. And I tell our guys all the time, I hope they're evident when we play. I, I hope you see a team that wants to pass the ball. They're selfless. You know, I hope you see a team that never quits. They persevere. Like we, we've had multiple games. We're down 20 with two or three, you know, yeah. minutes, minutes to go in the second half. And we've come back storming back. So, you know, I think that's culture for us. It's not all the slogans. I don't spend a ton of time talking about catchphrases and are those words necessarily, but we spend a lot of time creating an environment that drives all those concepts home. Yeah. Well, I love that response with the culture and it's obvious coach through our interaction and even this conversation, you're, you're teaching more than the game. You know, you are teaching and coaching life. These kids, it's obvious to me as I, as I hear your heart, you know, they're, they're more than players. They're, they're people. And I can tell that you, you know, you, you love them, you care about them. I wanted to ask a follow-up to that question because I heard you say, this idea about embracing those, you know, quality characteristics, so-called pillars. How do you do that on like on a tangible day-to-day um, kind of interaction? You have these new freshmen that are coming in and sometimes they come with baggage. Sometimes they come with, uh, you know, um, maybe some bad habits. And now you're trying to instill this culture, this program, the Cedarville way. How do you, how do you, as a, as a staff, as the, as the leader, get your guys to embrace these things you're talking about? Well, you, you know, we've, I've been here for 24 years. So there, there's a certain aspect where I don't have to do it as much anymore. Yeah. The seniors are doing it for mm-hmm. for you. Like, so I think, um, you have to, you have to, and all of these things take different ways to teach, you know, like, so for us, just being selfless is on the court. It's easy. It's taking a charge. It's jumping in to help side. It's getting a stance when you don't feel like it, it's making the extra pass. It's that kind of stuff. It's cheering your teammates on when you're not in the game or you're having a bad game and they're having a good game. Mm-hmm. You know, can you forget about yourself and invest in them? Um, we have a sign I stole from Buzz Williams out out right when you walk out of our door. It's um, I can't remember the exact quote. I should, but it essentially says that uh, I think it's the true soldier fights for not because he hates what's in front of him because he loves what's behind him. So good. You, you know, yeah. and that's, that's the piece of our thing when it comes to selflessness and all that stuff, you know, I think perseverance is one where you just got to create environments that are kind of tough, but mm, yeah. you got to persevere. Yeah. Um, going back to the selfless piece too, our, we have some certain things that just are part of our program. Like our seniors are always the last one off the bus and I hope I'm there, you know, I'm trying to be there with them all the time. Um, clean the bus, yeah. serve, like just, you're the last guys off. Um, that's a piece we, we have some, we have breakfast buddies. We're trying to partner up upperclassmen with underclassmen to get them to kind of learn some of the ins and outs of how we do stuff. And I think perseverance is just the nature of, can you, continue to fight through adversity yeah. and freshmen struggle with that because just being a freshman college basketball player is enough adversity for most kids. Like it's hard and yeah. it's always harder than any of them think it's going to be. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're Cedarville or whether you're at Duke, like yeah. it's harder than any of them think it's going to be. Yeah. 
Um, you know, unity is one like where if you're selfless, that's an easier piece. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are and then the toughness pieces. One, I think that kind of ties in with perseverance. Like, can you, can you keep fighting, you know, when things are, so you try and create environments where they got to persevere, you know, it's weight room, it's basketball practice, it's conditioning, it's whatever it is. Love it. Love it. Love those core values you're teaching, Coach. Um, I'm I'm a fan of Cedarville Hoops. I'm excited. I saw on your schedule you're coming down to the Sunshine State. So congrats. You got invited to that Hall of Fame Classic with the small ball up in Lakeland. So about three hours for me. I'm going to put that on my calendar. Uh, Again, we're with Pat Eastup. He's the head coach at Cedarville uh, University up in Ohio. We have a few minutes left, Coach, so we're uh, getting ready to close up shop. I wanted to kind of close with this and just share briefly a little bit about your trip. I know this summer you had the opportunity to go to Israel with your team. So tell us a little bit, maybe some highlights on the trip that you went on. Yeah, it was tremendous. Um, we went with a guy named John Farwell, who works with Athletes in Action. Um, he's led multiple teams over there. Uh, Wheaton, Wheaton College went in um, uh, May. Um, so they're a little smarter than we are. They went when it was 80 degrees. We went when it was 105. But gotcha. It was an unbelievable trip. Um, really proud of our guys because we we that it's called Walk the Story. John Farwell does it. We were over there for 13 days, uh, 12 in country. Um, and you start, we start in essentially Genesis and Exodus and wow. we start in the desert. So we were down in, you know, Timna, Wadi, uh, place, the desert of Zen, the wilderness of Zen, you know, so you're where the Israelites were, wow. we're you know, we're, I remember one lesson John gave us and we would have four or five lessons a day. So you, we would, we hiked 80 miles, I think in 12 days and it was 105 to 110 the first four days. Cause we were down Southern, we were in the dead sea, Jericho, all that stuff. Um, We were to see a Galilee. We were in Bethlehem. We were in Nazareth. We were in Jerusalem. So you essentially go from Exodus to the, to the resurrection. Um, And, and John just does a great job of tying all of these biblical pictures that you now have word pictures that are actual pictures there the bible's in living color for us now mm-hmm. um and if yeah. you ask our guys it's like man when they read or they hear stuff you know they're a fall bible conference and the guy's talking about living water and cisterns we might have been in 40 cisterns yeah. when we were there like yeah this is a system to life now but yeah, you know what it, it is and you know how precious in the desert living water is yeah like, it's wow. just something that like for us, we hiked in Getty one day and that fresh water and jumping into a pool was yeah. like that was life-giving because we yeah. were dying going up this mountain. Yeah. Like yes. So yeah, it was unbelievable. It, it's John does a great job of tying all these lessons into life. And you just if you ever have a chance to go to Israel mm. as a believer, they'll tell you over there it's the fifth gospel. Mm. Um, it's putting your feet where Jesus walked, yeah. where the yeah. where the disciples walked where the old testament prophets and heroes walked like and that's what we got to do so our guys for me sometimes these trips are out outreach but for us it was it was more of a discipleship and can 12 basketball players have the bible just come to life for them in the age eight because most people don't get to take this trip until they're in their 60s you know it's like something you do when you retire so 
what comes to mind is just a quote I've used before, more than basketball. And I'm sure a trip like this, this was more than basketball. I'm sure the connection, the camaraderie, and the spiritual uh, lessons learned. Wow, incredible, Coach. Love hearing some of those stories. I'm sure you got uh, many more. I, I right. used to do this, Coach. We, we get, we're running out of time here. What I like to do is, I, and you've been great. I love hearing your testimony, your faith story, your journey. I could probably spend another hour with you, but I want to be you know, very uh, respectful of your time. We do a rapid fire, Coach. Okay, so I give you 10 quick questions, and I just need the first thing that comes to your mind, and you're on the clock here, okay? So the shot clock's running, so you just right. you just give it to me. All right, are you ready? Yep. All right, here we go. Rapid fire, you got one minute. I need your favorite junk food. Peanut M&M's. Woohoo, nice. Favorite restaurant? Hall's Chop House in Greenville, South Carolina. Ooh. All right, favorite sport to play? Golf. Nice. Favorite sport to watch? College football. Okay. It's coming up. Uh, sports car or truck? Whew. I'm old. I need a truck to haul some stuff in. So. <laughs> All right. I always love someone who has a truck. All right. You going beach house or cabin in the woods? Uh, beach house. Okay. Favorite ice cream? Mint chocolate chip. Ooh, you didn't hesitate on that one. Huh? <laughs> two-week paid vacation. You and your wife, Melanie, I believe, right, Melanie? Yeah. A two-week paid vacation. Where are you taking her? Oh, man. I – oh, my goodness. Anywhere you we went, want, man. We went to – I know. We went to Hawaii with the team. Um, that was – she would love that. I would love to go to Banff. Okay. I've never been, never been. She would not like that. So, yeah. <laughs> so if I got you, you better go she, where she wants to go. Yeah, she wants the beach. We're probably either Bermuda or Hawaii. All so. right. All right. Favorite Bible verse? Uh, Micah 6 8. Okay. And last but not least, coach, you crushed it. Favorite Bible character? David. I think I can relate to him a lot. Gotcha. Beautiful. Coach, I'm going to close in prayer, and I just want to thank you for being part of this uh, podcast. Enjoyed connecting with you. We're recording this at the end of August, so I know classes are starting. The season will be here right before we know it. We wish you, your staff, your players, nothing but the best. But let's close in prayer, huh, Coach? Thank you, Jim. Yep. God, thanks for this incredible conversation. Thank you for Coach. Thanks for his testimony, what you're doing in his life with his players, his family up there at Cedarville. Uh, thank you for the privilege, the opportunity we have to be a coach, to impact young people, impact the kingdom work, Lord, that you called us to do. And we get to use that game of basketball to teach life lessons and life skills. We thank you for uh, who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks amen. a lot, Coach. Appreciate you. Thank you.